Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Charlie Stevenson. Thanks for being on the show, Charlie. Yeah, thanks, Whitney. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. Charlie and I have met at a few different conferences and uh, looking forward for him to be able to share his story. And, uh, a little about him, though, in case you haven't heard of him, he's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he started several businesses in the U.S. and Europe uh, in the marketing and adventure travel industry since uh, his university days in Boston. He switched into real estate after realizing that he could generate passive income and scale more easily, allowing him to travel the world, spending time with his family and focus on what what matters most. After making the industry switch, he founded Acris Capital, which has been syndicating and acquiring multifamily properties across the U.S., building a portfolio with nearly 500 units valued at over $60 million. He's now committed to bringing the freedom he found in, in syndicating real estate to others, uh, helping them break free from the constraints of time, money, and unfulfilling jobs. That's where we all want to be, right, Charlie? That's it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Charlie. You know, give us a little more of your background. I'd love to hear a little more about the story. I know you, you briefly talked about it before we got started recording. So give us a little more of your background. That's anytime any of us make a, a big swap like that, I did the same thing. I mean, it's, it's obviously such a big decision, big leap of faith. And I think it just speaks volumes to just the listeners as well. And we'll encourage them. So get us started. Yeah. So I was always really passionate about travel and grew up in Washington state. My parents were big kind of backpackers. We go spend a lot of time exploring the mountains and the lakes of uh, the Pacific Northwest. And as I got a little older, I started to want to get out of my own little backyard and start exploring the world more. So I ended up going out to Europe for a little while where I founded a uh, adventure travel business that brought American study abroad students on trips around Europe to ski in the Alps or go down to Morocco or sailing in the Mediterranean. And it was just a really amazing experience for me. And so I always really loved travel and entrepreneurship and building businesses from, from scratch. And after that business wound down, I moved back to Boston where I went to college and was in the corporate world for a little bit in the travel industry. And I met my wife and she was in the finance industry. And we both kind of realized that working in the corporate world, while it you know, paid well and seemed really glamorous, we weren't traveling as much as we wanted to. We weren't out spending time with family as much as we really valued. And so on our honeymoon, we vowed to quit those jobs and go and travel. And we had no idea at the end what that would look like from an income perspective or anything. We just knew we wanted to maybe start our own business. And so we traveled for about a year and a half and just had an amazing kind of transformational experience, a lot of growth, a lot of exploration. It was uh, a lot of challenge too, but just a lot of real highlights. And it was about halfway through the trip, we were riding the train across Siberia up in Russia, the Trans-Mongolian. And a good friend of ours from Christina's former job was joining us. And we were talking about what we were doing after we were done, which was like six or eight months out. And we were kind of like, boy, this condo we have in Boston has been, which we had rented, has been generating cash flow for like the last six months and supporting our, our travels to some extent. How great would it be if we had like five more of these? We wouldn't even have to return and find another job or something. And 
And uh, our, our friend was like, yeah, silly. Like, this is what I've been doing since, since I graduated from college. She had owned a couple of multifamilies in the Boston market. And at that moment, we were just kind of like, light bulb, let's turn this into something bigger than just a single condo. And at that point, we decided to begin building an institutional business that married my entrepreneurship with my wife and my other partner's experience in the finance industry as traders and portfolio managers. And that's what became Acris Capital. And we began acquiring multifamily apartment buildings uh, you know, once we returned. So that's the whole long and short of it. And, nice. Uh, the whole thing was we wanted to be able to continue to travel, continue to spend time with our family. And this business is a means to that end. And we've gotten really passionate about it as well. Uh, so that's where we are. It's been fun. Wow. So it's, it's neat that, I mean, I, and I hear a similar story often where somebody just had a house, they had to rent it out because they were, they had to travel, they had to go somewhere else for a job or whatever it may have been. They were forced to become a landlord. Then all of a sudden this light bulb came on, right? You know, it's like, wow, you know, I'm actually making some money here. And they, you know, weren't, wasn't even counting on that, never dreamed of being a landlord. And then it kind of opened their eyes to this bigger picture uh, of real estate. Sounds like that's what happened to you. Yeah, same kind of story. And luckily for us, the landlording was really easy because it was a fairly new construction. And so there wasn't a lot to do. And we, you know, learned a lot in that experience that we wanted to have assets that were fairly easy to, to manage. You know, we learned that kind of the hard way, I would, say, I would say, with our first couple of acquisitions. But now we've really dialed that in, you know, having assets that cruise along just like our first, you know, new build condo in Boston. So we can truly have it be a passive concern for us. So let's talk a little bit about the transition and, and why syndication. So like you could have just stayed with condos, you could have, you know, got to that five condos like you were talking about or started flipping, you know, homes or, or just more single family rentals, how, you know, there's numerous different ways to get into real estate. So why syndication? So business was what I studied in college and, you know, from day one operations class 101, you know, they drive into your brain, you know, you need to gain economies of scale and get as much leverage out of the systems and processes that you build. And our first acquisition was a small five unit multifamily that was built in 1900. And of course it didn't have any onsite leasing management, didn't have any onsite management offices, anything like this. Cause it's just a tiny little multi. And we realized how much work it was taking to manage just five units under one roof. And uh, one of our mentors at the time said, look, you guys have the smarts and the ability, like go bigger. You know, you're going to gain economies of scale. Uh, having that on-site management office is a game changer because, and it'll make managing your five unit be the same amount of effort to manage your five units that would be a 50 or 100 or 150 unit. You know, I don't know if that's exactly the case because there's a lot of different complexities, but certainly there's some truth to that kind of comparison. And so the ability for us to ultimately scale the business and then it allowed us to go a little bit bigger, a little more, a little more quickly. And then our investors really enjoyed that kind of predictable passive income that we can provide for them. And the deal structures are really nicely structured to uh, protect them and uh, align our interests with them. So I think for all those reasons, uh, we really like syndication as our kind of vehicle to invest in multifamily assets. Nice. So yeah, so somebody just really turned you on to it, right? I mean, like, like you're, you're figuring out that, hey, this is, this is a lot of work to manage this five-unit property. And I think until you get into it or until somebody kind of opens your eyes to it, you think, well, why in the world would I want 100 units when this is this difficult? Right. You know, think about the economies of scale, you know, like like your friend was telling you. But, you know, and I was going to say, too, a 1990 property, I know that's that's pretty common in the Northeast. Right. 
you know, a property that's built in the, you know, real early 19, 1900s. I mean, 1900s. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. But that's so common, you know, up the, the Northeast. But tell us a little more about that. Maybe your process just in, in, in getting into the syndication business. I know a lot of listeners could relate just to, to your process and, and being stretched really from, say, a five unit to even thinking about doing a larger transaction, a much larger property, uh, you know, there's just a lot uh, of confidence has to be built there. A lot of things to learn, but you do have to just, you have to take the step and make it happen. So walk us through that a little bit. Sure. So I would say a really kind of important inflection point for us was attending a conference actually where I think I first met you out in Denver a couple of years ago. We just went into it to explore and observe and see what all these different syndicators were doing. It's fairly a new idea and a concept for us. And we attended a lot of the different kind of sessions and spoke with a lot of the different groups that were there in attendance. And we met one team who we just really had a great connection with. We felt like we were on the same page from a mindset perspective. There was just uh, an instant kind of click. And we began to really invest in getting to know them over time. And over the course of the next year, as we built trust and kind of better understood each other, they, and, and a little on them, they are an operator and a syndicator on numerous kind of large assets in the Southeast and Southwest. And so we were a little bit honored just that they were giving us, you know, the time of day, but they kind of took us under their wing and let us ask any question that we, uh, we had. And we really just valued that relate and continue to value that relationship because they really showed us what pitfalls there are and what we need to be careful about and, and how we can build kind of processes and systems around each of the different components of uh, syndicating a, an asset like this. And that built a lot of our confidence. So we began participating with them as a member of a general partnership on a couple of their syndications that they were the lead sponsor of. And in the course of that time, we built our confidence and understood how our earlier experience operating smaller multifamily properties had similarities and differences with the larger assets. And that helped us to kind of identify the gaps that we had, which we really intentionally began to fill over the kind of intermediary period between then and now. And so we built kind of the confidence to go out and seek our own multifamily asset to syndicate. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. And that's, it's just a great way to get into the business, right? I mean, find an operator who's been doing it, been around the block and back, and you just learn so much by being connected to that individual. And so tell me, tell me though, because this question is often too, like everybody wants to find that group, right? Like you did, you know, wants to find that, that individual that's going to mentor them or take them under their wing a little bit. Uh, And that's difficult. Like I understand now too, it's just, you know, like there's so much happening. I can't answer every question or I can't, you know, allow everybody to work with us that, or, you know, and I know other operators that experience that, but you want to, you want to help everybody you can. So how did you, but adding value to that person is, is so important. And how did you do that? How did you kind of get this person's attention enough for them to be really your all's mentor for a time, or maybe even still, you know, what did that relationship look like? Yeah. So it started off with kind of taking a little bit of a risky move and introducing ourselves to them they were paneling in one of the discussions at the conference. And so uh, my partners and I identified some of the different people that were paneling and some of the speakers and reached out directly to them, which was surprisingly easy. And those that responded, we sat and had breakfast or lunch with. Um, those that didn't, we just you know hoped that we'd meet them again at another time. And once we met that individual or that the two individuals on that team, we just kind of let our 
kind of ourselves uh, and our experience kind of bring a little bit of credibility. And they liked the way we were approaching the market in a little bit of a, a different way. They liked that we were pretty authentic and just candid and as communicators and let them know that we had vulnerabilities and were willing to learn. And, and as the relationship began to grow, we put systems and processes in place to grow it. So every two weeks, we met with them and had a conversation. We set expectations early on about what we were looking to do and trying to understand what, what they needed. Uh, and we learned that you know my kind of strategic uh, and marketing background could help to influence certain things that they were still figuring out. And, uh, and then my other partners kind of underwriting and understanding of like larger, I guess, trading and portfolio management could help them to influence their underwriting models and strengthen their underwriting models. And so we found out like where we could bring value to their team. And of course, they could bring a lot to us through their experience as, you know, uh, experienced syndicators at that point. So we just found where there were gaps within our organizations and just began to share resources and ideas. And that kind of simple formula has been really great for us and for them as well. I think we're we're all growing more because of it. I liked hearing that that you all were proactive. You know, like you you went out, you seen who was on the panels, and and you reached out to them. You you didn't care how many said no, but you focused on the ones that said yes, right? And, and that that's incredible. I mean, is is taking that step, and I find that most won't do that. Most people will, you know, they say they want to get into this or they're interested in real estate, but they won't take that step to even connect with somebody that they feel is ahead of them. You know, and, and I would say that that person probably doesn't feel like they're that far, for that further, much further ahead of you, but you visualize them as being that far ahead that you, you, you don't want to reach out, you know, but you should, uh, you should reach out. And it, so I, I liked how, anyway, you, you all just reached out, you set up a time to talk, and no doubt that's that's paid off. And so tell me about some some growing pains since then, maybe a growing pain that you all had and, and how you overcame it. So as we began getting our confidence as operators, we began to go out and explore new markets apart from our first market that we had been introduced to with our partners down in the Southwest. And we found quickly that it's a lot about the relationships and the infrastructure that you build on the ground in, in these markets, especially with the deal providers like the brokerage houses. And so it began with us calling a lot of the brokers who have access to the larger 100 unit plus deals. And when you get a random phone call as a broker from a firm you've never heard of, and you don't understand how they're capitalized, you don't know what their experience is, maybe there's a website they can visit, but when you don't have a local body of experience, they're less likely to give you their attention and certainly less likely to bring you, you know, a really valuable value-add multifamily asset. And so what we did to kind of overcome that was we really work to build on the ground relationships with local uh, investors and syndicators and developers who had those relationships with the lenders and the brokers in that market so that we could get a little bit of credibility from, you know, those pre-existing relationships. And then we also really did our best to convey the fact that we had the, the experience to be there and we had the uh, credibility to acquire and, and close on one of these larger multifamily assets just by flexing some of my other partners' experience in the finance industry and Wall Street and some of our experience starting multiple businesses. So really just uh, trying to convey our credibility in a way that was humble, but also very direct, but also bringing other rela local relationships into those new brokerage relationships that we we're building. So that's how we kind of overcame it. Nice. 
Nice. So what's been the, you know, and maybe this is related to the same thing, maybe not, but what's been the hardest part of the, just the syndication process and uh, for you, Charlie? Let's see. Well, I think that the hardest part for me personally has been, well, a big part of my role within this organization is investor relations. And, you know, we were lucky to have a strong stable of kind of investors in our, in our, tier one network, which is our closest family and friends to help us close on our first couple of assets. And as we, you know, continue to grow our business, it became clear that our capability for rate cap raising capital from our network needed to increase. And so I really had to go back to marketing school and go back to school to understand what tools and technologies I could use and employ in our business in order to increase our, our money raising capability, which really uh, boiled down to education and building automations that help to educate our investor base and our newer investor base about syndication, about how these structures work, about the different risks that they need to consider and then putting all those tools in place so that it automates and, and brings them down that kind of funnel. And so that's been a bit of a challenge uh, just because I've had to go back and learn about all these new different technologies and put them in place. And kind of luckily over the course of the last two to three months with kind of some of the slowdowns in acquisition as everybody's waiting for some repricing to happen, that's given our team a little bit of breathing room to say, all right, so what gaps do we have in technology and our business that can help us to increase our money raising capability? And I've had time to go and, and build out those systems and processes, write those white papers that help to change people's mentality from active to passive income build those email welcome series that introduce our team, why they should trust us and why they should deploy their capital with our team. And so that's definitely been a challenge, but a really a fun one as well. It's, it's allowed me to be, it's, a, it's kind of a creative self-expression for me. So I've really enjoyed it. What's been the best piece of technology that you've added to your all's operations? Yeah, I would say uh, we implemented Active Campaign as our kind of marketing and customer relationship management platform about three months ago, and uh, moved from you know Mailchimp, and just the suite of tools that Active Campaign provides have been really, really great, and have helped us to, like I said, automate our educational process and kind of our investor onboarding process. So definitely something I recommend, and if you really like to kind of nerd out about automations and click funnels and that kind of thing. They've got all kinds of powerful tools that help to, you know, enrich your investors um, with education and resources. What's the, what's a way you've recently improved your business, maybe besides active campaign that we could also apply to ours? Let's see. I would say uh, there are a couple of things. We began using a more kind of strict criteria for market analysis and market selection. And I would say that has helped us to identify opportunity in markets that we otherwise would have overlooked. And so that was uh, some of these different kind of criteria that we use, like growth characteristics in the market have helped us to explore new markets in kind of a, a different way. Maybe a market that we'd seen in the past that we weren't as interested in before. We're now saying, okay, this is something interesting. And so that was right before the COVID pandemic really hit the United States hard. Our team went down to Atlanta to attend a, a boot camp that helped us to really beef up that uh, market selection model. And that's really been something that's helped us to see no opportunity uh, in the United States. 
Nice. You got to be willing to invest in yourself, don't you? I mean, you all traveled, you've been attending conferences. It's not cheap to do that. But what, what's your what's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Right now, I've been really pleasantly surprised with a platform that was introduced to me maybe about two or three months ago called Lunch Club. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one, but it's a virtual networking platform where uh, every week you, you put in, you build a profile and you build objectives into that profile. Maybe they're meeting interesting people or launching a new business or raising capital or investing capital. And uh, based upon your geographic location and sort of those objectives, they will match you with another professional or another person. And you can set up, you know, up to six per week or something like this. So I've been doing a couple and I've met some really interesting people, people that are business founders, entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, uh, some people that are in the real estate business. I've met some syndicators, creative professionals, all sorts. And certainly have come across a lot of professionals who are kind of where my wife and I were before we got into real estate, where they were, you know, kind of grinding away in an active income kind of career. And they're looking for some kind of relief. And they're saying, boy, I'd really like to have more passive income so I can go travel, spend time with family. And so when, you know, that kind of conversation begins, I'm like, well, perfect. Let's, let's talk about how we can potentially work together so long as, you know, you meet um, kind of some of the important criteria for being able to be a, uh, an investor in the types of deals that we uh, bring our, our, our stable. So yeah. Very nice. Is that like yeah. lunchclub.com? Yeah, I think it's lunchclub.com. Okay. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we can find it, but I, I was just going to say, I've, I've not heard anyone mention that. I don't think on the show. So I'm grateful for you putting that out. Uh, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success, Charlie? The number one thing that's contributed to my success I really think like if I was to if I was to look at it from like my business perspective, my two partners have been a really strong support system for me and I can really rely on them to bring kind of discipline to the type of work that we're doing and we also have a really good culture where we take care of each other and I think like if there's one thing that's really kept us moving along and kept us motivated as we've grown this business, it's been them as a, as a team I can rely on to just continue to motivate me and, and us and, and myself to motivate them. So I would say that our team, that kind of strong bond that we've created, and then also just the confidence that we've been able to have getting into these larger assets based upon their experience as Wall Street investment managers and, and portfolio managers, that's been really great because this isn't anything they haven't seen before. You know, they were in the housing sector for a decade watching fluctuations in the market since 07. And so they've kind of seen all this craziness before. So, you know, as someone who's never been in finance, I was in the travel industry, I would, would have maybe been thrown a lot by changes in the market cycle or, you know, a large deal size. But for them, you know, they were trading $300, $300 million deals on a daily basis. So a $50 million property to them is, isn't something that is super overwhelming to them. So the confidence that they've brought to our, to our business, I've been able to really kind of have some of that and kind of bring some of that into the growth of our business. Nice. Well, uh, tell us how you like to give back. In a couple ways. I benefited a lot as I was growing my businesses as a younger entrepreneur from my university back in Boston had a really great venture accelerator. And I was paired with mentors who had experience as entrepreneurs from the early stages of my, my, first, my second business. And they were just providing pro bono advice and strategic guidance on a weekly or you know, bi-weekly basis. And since then, I've kind of gone back to that same group as a mentor myself and joined their venture mentor network. And uh, it's part of Northeastern University's uh, IDEA Venture Accelerator. 
And I got paired with two different ventures. One's a, a yoga, a virtual yoga company based in Boston that's expanding. Another one is a travel business actually based in South America. And so I'm able to work with them on a, you know, every couple of weeks, help them kind of suss out different components of their business plan and just provide some guidance. And so that's one way that I, I really enjoy giving back so that other entrepreneurs can continue to bring energy into the, into the market. Nice. Well, Charlie, I'm grateful for how you've given back today uh, to us as well. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know many people who have started businesses in, in Europe and the U.S. I just think that, that kind of gives you a, a leg up on a lot of us. I, I couldn't imagine going to another country and starting a business. But uh, uh, anyway, grateful to have you on the show. It's been great to hear how, you know, you got into that condo and really your eyes were opened and all, a five unit. And then, you know, somebody told you about doing a larger deal and, and you all have made it happen. And uh, just how you you all were proactive and you reached out to panelists and you, you know, you took the time, you've traveled to conferences, you all put the work in and it's paying off. And I know a lot of listeners are, are looking up to you and, and are, you know, are hoping they'll, they'll get to where you're at. And so tell them how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah. Thanks, Whitney. So my business is called Acris Capital, A-K-R-I-S Capital.com. So you can certainly visit our website. We have a lot of resources there where you can find out what we're up to, sign up for our newsletter, and we send off you know, information about the markets that we're looking at and any interesting investor insights that we, that we come across we like to share. You can also download a white paper right on our website and get some more resources that you can get inspired with and share with your communities. And then my direct email is just C as in Charlie Stevenson, at acriscapital.com. Feel free to reach out to me and introduce yourself. I always love meeting other professionals within the industry. And we'll see if there's any ways that we can, you know, help each other out and collaborate. So yeah, I look forward to meeting any uh, that reach out to me. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.